us ourselves, we're getting a metaverse fund up and running to invest in the tokens, but also to get a, it's going to be like a real estate investment trust, but only specifically towards the metaverse. We're going to start here locally in Northern Ireland and then look for outside investment. But the, the metaverse is, you know, as an arena, it's, I think it'll be more valuable than the world that you and I are sitting in right now. Hi everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Chatter. Before we get started, I just have a few quick messages. First off, don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast. It's the best way that you can help us grow. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. It's going to help us rank higher and get more and more views and therefore bigger and better guests. Don't forget right now you can pre-order my book, To the Moon, The GameStop Saga. There are still four copies that you can get where you can get your name and the message to the apes put in. And if you follow the contest link in the description below, you can win one of five free signed copies or $288 worth of Riverside FM for one whole year. Finally, I'm currently running a contest where you can win a signed copy of To The Moon, The GameStop Saga, one of five, or $288 worth of Riverside FM Pro. That's a whole year subscription. Please check out the link in the description below. It's free to enter and I just want to give something back. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Um, All right. What do you think about the central bank digital currencies? I know I talked about them the last time. I was actually invited, funny enough, two weeks ago to talk at a climate conference down in the, I was going to say the waterfront there. It's W5 and they wanted me to talk about cash versus crypto and CBDCs and where it's leading. And I loved it. Like, just some of the questions we got after it, I was just, people just, I, I, I woke people up to it, really. People didn't know that CBDCs were even a thing, mm. you know? Well, right, well, we are rolling now, just so you know. Brilliant. <laughs> but, uh, like, to talk about, yeah, hello, everyone. Welcome. We're here uh, to uh, to talk about crypto. Yeah. With John, <laughs> Johnny McCamley, the founder of CryptoClear. Johnny, yeah, welcome back. Yep, thanks for having me, Josh. Great to be back. Yeah, no problem. So actually, yeah, let's just start with central bank digital currencies. Like what? I don't like them. But, you know, that's just me. We'll get to that. So yeah. what do you think? What is your um, view on them? And like what attracts you? Or what do you at least find interesting about them? Yeah, I think they're, they're coming. There's nothing we can do to stop it. It's it's the inevitable. Uh, you know, that's, that's really what sums it up. It is the inevitable. With... China, they're going live in February of next year, which is like three months away, four months away, give or take, now with their CBDC. I know it was piloted in a very small town in China. It was very successful. The uh, European Union, the UK, America, all, you know, the, the world leaders, if you like, have said that they're also bringing a CBDC out 2024, 2025. My response to that is no chance. You know, if China, <laughs> you know, if China do it successfully by February of 2022, without a doubt, everybody else will start. It's not the right turn of phrase, but they'll start running to the fire exit and start planning how to get theirs launched even quicker. I think with CBDCs, it it is a massive problem because they could put spend and control on people. You know, for example, 
Josh and Johnny, you aren't allowed to spend more than £100 a month on bottles of wine mm. or alcohol, you know, or fast food so that they could tackle, for example, obesity with that. But you should have the freedom if you want to, to go and spend, you know, as much money as you want on fast food and alcohol as you wish. But for the government, so it's all about control. The government's obviously come out and said they don't like crypto, they don't like Bitcoin. I think that's very smoke and mirrors because the technology that they're bringing into the next generation is built on blockchain, but it's closed to people like you and I. You know, if you share your Bitcoin address with me, I can view how much you have, can track your transactions, but in the future, it's only, I don't know, maybe the Bank of England will be able to, I don't know who will have the authority over it. I presume it will be the Bank of England. Probably. We'll be able to view our transactions. Of course, the FCA and HMRC will, will be in there some way, you know, tracking everything for the tax evasion and money laundering. But that's the way the world's going. And, you know, China, for an example, won't want America to see their transactions and vice versa. So they're going to run on private ledgers and there's going to need to be a bridge to cross them ledgers, which I know we talked about the last time is XRP. Hmm. So like the, the thing that I don't get about the central bank digital currencies. What are they proposing that's different to cash money? And not, I don't mean like just, not even like cash money. What's different like with their CBDC to someone just using, you know, electronic payments with their bank? This is where I don't get the difference because say with, with like, with Bitcoin, you've got your proof of work. There's like value there. Um, yes. There's There's something beyond just this is magic internet money. Because like that's their critique yeah. or that's like the mainstream crit critique of most cryptocurrencies is like a fly-by-night Ponzi scheme where the value is determined by the creator and you can just be rug-pulled at any time. And, like That's the picture they paint. But I don't understand how the, the central bank digital currencies are different to just, yeah, using electronic payments with like pound sterling like I would with a yeah PayPal or something. Yeah, so the main selling point, if you like, about a central bank digital currency will be the instant settlement. So say, for example... I, mean, I, I have that already, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's more on the, on the banking side, which you and I wouldn't see in the background. <clears throat> so if I send you, you know, £100 via bank transfer, it's taken out of my account, it goes into yours, as you say, instantly. You get that instant settlement. But in the background, that liquidity is actually tied up. It's a Nostro and Vostro account from bank to bank. Even if we're the same bank, it will be it won't it will be an interbank transfer, so it'll still be tied up. And there's tens of trillions of dollars worth of liquidity every single year that's tied up in these transactions. And of course for the likes of a, a JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, you know, that I wouldn't say they wouldn't care about it. They want to unlock that liquidity and put it somewhere else, but it's not that big of a deal for them. But for the smaller money transfer providers, it's massive because they can take that liquidity put it into X, Y, Z to improve their business a lot quicker. So to me, that would be the biggest appeal for me for a central bank digital currency. As an investor, of course, I'm looking at it from mm. a different angle than a consumer. Um, central bank digital currencies I don't like because of the control aspect. I don't like the idea of, like, for example, taxi drivers love cash. You know, without a doubt, mm. you know, there's there's things you can do as a taxi driver to get away with X, Y, Z. Same as painters, same as anybody gets paid cash in hand. So I do feel sorry for people like that that rely on cash in hand that will then be switched to central bank digital currencies. But it's sort of internet not existing and then the internet, boom, or email coming about. I think it won't be as instant as, you know, the flick of a, 
a finger, but I think it'll definitely be pretty pretty swift. They're sort of already warming the public up for it. You know, they're coming out and using CBDC a lot more often. They're coming out addressing what cryptos are a lot more often. So I think by 2025, you know, it'll be CBDCs, I would say, worldwide. So how do the CBDCs, like, fix that problem? Because it, it feels like it's... um feels like they could deal with that their own without the need for the central do you, do you know what i mean you're saying that yes, the problem is like the mean. back end the liquidity issues which i get like that does make sense but that just feels like that's their stupid outdated system that yeah. doesn't work that doesn't seem like it's it, it like justifies the central bank digital currency do, do you know what i mean i know what you mean completely like it's the liquidity problem we don't see on the surface so it shouldn't really concern us mm. And and that is the gist of CBDCs. Like, our world definitely could survive without CBDCs, but governments will never give up control. And when there's anything that threatens them, they will go for their throats. And that's exactly what they're doing, in my opinion, with central bank digital currencies. They're seeing blockchain, they're seeing Bitcoin, all these different cryptos, NFTs, metaverse, everything. And they're going, how do we control this? And that is central bank digital currencies that can control your spending, they can view your spending. You know, you think targeting's bad now with ads. You know, you say, I don't know, McDonald's, and you open your TikTok or your Instagram, there's an ad on it for McDonald's. It'll be even more crazy once these CBDCs come in because they'll know every penny you're spending. Mm. There's no walking into Starbucks and handing over, you know, £10 for... It's pretty dear in Starbucks, so, you know, maybe just a coffee now, you know, a coffee and a bun. Inflation. You know, yeah, inflation, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, like, that's, that's what it is for me with CBDCs. Governments will love it because it's complete control. They have oversight over everything. But right now, there's so many blind spots with, for example, money laundering, tax evasion, where CBDCs is their golden ticket. Mm, okay. I mean, I, what you what you say there about the, them loving the control and literally going for the jugular of anything yeah, that challenged yeah. them is so real. Um, I saw the most hilarious fucking tweet this week yeah. um, about... Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton was, was yes. you know, you know, damning Bitcoin and saying the cryptocurrency market needed regulated. And someone went, so she doesn't understand email and now she's an expert in crypto. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, it's a fair point. Like, she played ignorant about, yeah. you know, the, the deleted emails. And anyway. Yeah, now Hillary's an expert in Bitcoin, you know. Um, I think I could be a podcast in itself, Josh, couldn't it? You know, Hillary Clinton's emails, we'll sit and go through them for four hours, you know. Well, no, we can. Or no, That was the point. Can't. Yes. She deleted. Yes. <laughs> yes. But anyway. Yes, discuss it immense, sorry, you know. <laughs> it's it's crazy. Mm. It's crazy. Well, I mean, it's just a... I know... I spoke I, I spoke to quite a few people who are, who are within that sort of world of, like, where data is really important and really, like, protected in terms of, like, Everything has to be there for public protection. And they just said that if it wasn't Hillary Clinton, there would have been serious, serious consequences. Yes. <laughs> um, but um, anyway, so to talk a little bit more about, um, yeah, we can mention the meta metaverse there, It's uh, which is something that, yeah, Facebook have, have announced since our last chat. They, they're, you know, becoming meta. And I talked a little bit about, uh, about this with, uh, with Peter McCormack, the king of Bedford, about the metaverse and stuff. So. Okay. Uh, and hopefully I'm going to have someone from Decentraland and a digital real estate salesman on the show at some point Brilliant. in the future. Yeah. So yeah, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yeah. So like, what was your take just, just to start on, on the metaverse thing? Like what, 
what do you make of of Mark Mark Zuckerberg's attempt to uh, yeah own the digital world now that he you know owns enough of the physical one? <laughs> yeah, it's. I always look at stuff from you know a business or investment standpoint. Just from from my perspective on that, it's a genius move. Even if we just look at the likes of Facebook, I think Facebook is slowly but surely dying as a platform. Same as Instagram, I think TikTok's really taken over. WhatsApp is still pretty big. Of course, you've got some competitors like what we use, you know, Telegram. I love using that. But in relation to the metaverse specifically, it was going to come. And it's a, it, it is an absolute genius play because that's the way the world is moving. I know the last time I was on here, I was talking about the job fairs that were in the Central Land back in June of this year. You know, stuff like that. There's there's a guy that I know, on I don't know him, sorry, personally, but he's on LinkedIn. And he posted that his company was able to raise $2.5 million dollars to buy 116 parcels of land on the central land near the fashion district. And this is where the world's going. Us ourselves, we're getting a metaverse fund up and running to invest in the tokens, but also to get a, it's going to be like a real estate investment trust, but only specifically towards the metaverse. We're going to start here locally in Northern Ireland and then look for outside investment. But the, the metaverse is, you know, as an arena, it's, I think it'll be more valuable than the world that you and I are sitting in right now. Which is a big, big statement to make. But if we just look at the Banksy, for example, that I believe it was 66000 it was bought for. It was then tokenized in the blockchain. Shredded on camera, I believe, or maybe destroyed by fire. And then it sold for like three times its value because it's tokenized. No way. You know, like this stuff is happening. You know, we're actually talking to a guy at the moment that's looking to do it with classic cars like Porsches. And he also has miniature cars i can't remember the name of them but they're sort of like hot wheel collectible cars he's doing it with pokemon cards already this is where the world is going and again it does sound a pretty wacky statement if you like but i think that the digital economy will be more valuable than the the real economy in the future if you like holy shit that's a big, <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a big bomb to drop it is it is you know if it a mic i would drop it you know <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if those can take it. No. Um, <laughs> no. So you talked there about the about your fund and about the tokens you want to invest in. So before I ask about like specific metaverse things that you're investing in, um what is your fund? Like do you want to explain this for people because you were you were yeah, you were laying it out before we started, but um for Billy who don't know what you're about to do, because uh, it seems like Maybe you're one of the first in the in the UK, definitely in Northern Ireland. But, but yeah, do you want to do you want to explain what you, what you guys are doing here first? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's really the the big thing with the fund for me is to allow anybody to get access to crypto, so you don't have to worry about your private keys, your ledgers, your hardware wallets. You know all the fun stuff that comes with setting that up, but also the worry of losing it. So it was it was last October a guy reached out to us from a Swiss bank and said that this product. Can we sign all this stuff and he can show us it? So of course I, you know, signed signed it all pretty quickly. I was excited to see what it was. And it will be the, the UK and Europe's first ever crypto ETI product, which will allow the everyday investor, just like you and I, a thought a one hundred euro upwards can go on to, for example, their Halifax app, Bank of Ireland app, whatever it happens to be, go to the Stuttgart Exchange, one of the biggest exchanges in the world. And invest in crypto clear eti it'll we're, we're we've got the approval from the swiss guys again it's good to go in quarter one of next year but we're just building out the product offering if you like we're most likely going to start it as a blue chip fund lower risk you know bitcoin ethereum the real blue chips 
And then over time, once that fund is a success, you can then venture out a little and go, this is a mid-cap risk or, or is it, this is low-cap, so it's a bit more riskier. And then on the on the crypto side, for those of you that are listening, I know you as well, Josh, are obviously heavily involved in crypto. We also have a DeFi fund, which we're working on at the moment. Again, if we get the green light from the right people, it could be launched next week. And it will allow people to put in USDT, stablecoin, tether, USDC, or really whatever they wanted. You can put in Ethereum if you want. And then it diversifies it just how I would invest. So really the goal of the funds, to summarize it, is to take what I do now on a personal level, what I've done over the past six years, and just put it into an investment product where other people can can copy it, emulate it, get involved with it, but it's all above board, regulated, backed by the Swiss, backed by the right people, you know, instead of, <laughs> you know, because I, I couldn't tell you many people, so many people have came to me and said, can you take this bag of money off me and invest it for me? I would love to, but I, I just wouldn't do it because I'd end up, let's just say, in big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. to sum it up. Yeah. There's liabilities to consider. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a few, like, but, you know. <laughs> but that sounds so mad, man. Like, you guys are, are the first in the UK and Europe, like, the whole continent, and you guys are the first. Yeah, well, yeah, one of the first. There's a few that are on their platform, which deal with a lot smaller, a lot smaller of an as, assets under management, where sort of the amount that we're talking about is big, big numbers. It's numbers that haven't been seen in these ETIs. I know you've you've Canada, you've the States, you've many other countries out there that are building these ETFs. Mm-hmm. I know Canada's got a lot approved and America still has to get the you know, you know, some approved. Yeah. But a lot of them as well. Their futures obviously as well, they're not spot, which with with, for example, our fund, we'll actually be buying the underlying assets as well. Okay. In both products, both the, the ETI product and also the DeFi product, we'll actually be going in with, let's just say, £100,000 and buying the Bitcoin, buying the Ethereum. So it's not a contract for difference, which yeah. is what a lot of people complain about these ETFs. You know, they come in, oh, yes, a Bitcoin ETF's live. But when you look into it, it's a futures. You know, they're just entering a contract to say, you know, at this date, this will happen. I'll buy or sell, which is, is no good. You want the ones that buy the underlying asset, which is us, yeah. you know? So how's this work then? So say, like, are you guys going to go in with, say you say you, say you get like $100,000 raised or yeah, 100,000 euros or whatever, and you go in and you buy that and you say, okay, so here's what we're going to purchase, like 30% Bitcoin, 30% Ethereum. I don't know what else you'll have in that first fund, maybe um, Cardano, um, yeah, XRP bit. probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Dogecoin's yeah. maybe for the, the more risky ones later. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but you're going to go in and you're going to buy these with the 100 grand. So then um, what what happens when, say, say in three months' time, myself or someone else was to log on and go, you know what, I've got 200 extra quid sitting around for, um, and, you know, I want to stick it in some crypto or I, I don't, I want to invest it, but I don't know what. And they come to you. Are they buying a portion of your portfolio of that hundred grand, or are they buying? Are they putting the extra two hundred quid into it, and then you're purchasing with that? Yeah, so th- that's the beauty of it. It's open ended, so there's no there's no cap on it per se. The 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 metaverse real estate investment trust I was talking a bit about earlier, that will most likely have a cap on it and be a separate company. 
But in relation to these funds, both the DeFi fund and the Swiss ETI product, they will both be open-ended. So with the Swiss, we need to raise at least 900,000 euro. We've done that, we've got it locked in. And then with our DeFi one as well, just making a couple of calls over the past week or two, it would be stretching into the millions, would be able to get into that. It's different when push comes to shove, people to tell you they'll put in XYZ mightn't, but I'm pretty sure the majority of them would put in what they've what they've told me to put in because again, these are the guys that are high net worth individuals who just want to pass me the bag yeah. because I'm the expert. You know, in the crypto and they want to go, you invest this. I don't want to worry about having to put two percent towards mana and sand and yeah. twelve towards Bitcoin or whatever. They just want to hand the money over. I take a small percentage and just you know, a lot of people want to get involved in crypto but be blindfolded, which is very, very strange for me to say that, but it's also a pretty weird, weird phrase to use, but people don't want to stare at the charts all day because mm. it does drive you a bit crazy, especially during times like this where the market drops 10% a day sometimes and then even sometimes 30%. So with these, you know, with, with any investor, whether you're putting in, you know, a hundred pound or you're putting in a million pound, majority of people just want to hand the money over to the expert and see it a much greater ROI in 12 months or three years. But of course, if we know or as we know, sorry, a year in crypto is like 10 years in a market. So, you know, a year from now, the market could be in the dumps or alternatively a year from now, the market could be at 10 trillion. <laughs> you know, if only we had a crystal ball and could tell where it's going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's 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 a difficult one to, to say. So, but, but essentially what you're saying is that then they, they're, yeah, they're just giving you the money and you're investing it in the fractions that you have laid out in your fund. But I still can't believe that no one else has done this, man. It's so cool that you're the first. Yeah. The, like, and I love that it's coming from Northern Ireland. It's like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with the DeFi protocol, there are other ones out there. Just like the Swiss ETI, there are other ones out there. But they're, you know, just to call a spade a spade, they're small fish. They're not managing the sort of money that we could get access to to manage. Mm. So that's the appeal of this. It's not something we were managing. You know, $60,000 is massive. But just as an example, there's one on the DeFi protocol which manages 60,000. And the sort of numbers we're looking at are in the millions. So there's obviously a vast difference, you know, with them to, to investment products. So is it just, um, so is it like a, who decides then what the, the portfolio split will be? Like, is it you? Is it like a council of, of CryptoClear? <laughs> yeah, so it, it'll be the company. It'll be the company, of course, you know, just for purposes of, of, of limited liability you know it'll it'll be under the company's name but yeah it'll just be allocated where it's taken my dollar cost averaging plan which is 15 assets that i've invested in over the past i would say eight months or so it used to be around 12 but i added a couple extra xdc um silo and solana were the three actually that i added extra and so it'll just be emulating what i do on a day-to-day -day basis or week-to-week -week, sorry basis with the dca putting it into a fund that anybody can dip into and go, you know what, Johnny's performance or CryptoClear's performance has been X amount over the past X amount of months. I would like to to diversify as he does because even it it will get easier. But even in something as simple as somebody going in and buying fifteen different coins every time they get paid, it's a bit tasking. You know, you have to, some of them you have to buy on different protocols like uniswap you're being hit with massive fees and you're going is it really worth it where if you can just put it into this fund and it does it for you 
well, it solves the, it's the golden ticket, if you like. Yeah. You yeah. Know? No, it, it's, it sounds fantastic. I mean, what you were saying about people, um, it being difficult to watch the charts all day. Like I, I would recommend to anyone that finds that difficult, huddle GME, you know, hold GameStop <laughs> for, for nine months and then you will know what pain feels yeah. like, you know, like four dollars to 480 to 40 to 350 to <laughs> seriously that's what we've been through yeah. we went back down to like 110 we went back to 280 then we went down to like 180 now then we went back up to like 260 two weeks ago and now we're back at like 200 it's madness a madness it, but 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 yeah as of yesterday a whole bunch of or not a whole bunch like two whose names escape me right now places have registered the short interest of GameStop at 113%. Yeah. And it hasn't been that way since... No. Um, well, since uh, <laughs> since right before the madness all kicked off. Yeah. Um, so It's amazing, that sort of stuff. Again, I, I'm not a stock guy. I only invest in three stocks in total. For me, I'm more of a crypto guy, but that whole world just fascinates me. It's the sort of thing... It's, it reminds me very much of the meme coins in crypto, but it's more... I think it's definitely more solid. And what I mean by that, there's more of a drive behind it. You have Doge, you have Shib, you have all these different meme coins, but the GME just has a bit more oomph to it, if you like. I actually really, really love what's happening with it. Oh, the company is about to... Lit, like, I actually think the company might be about to change the world. Yeah. And it sounds like... When I say that to people, they look at me like, what are you fucking talking about, Josh? You've been reading Reddit too much. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I think they might be about to try and so first of all GameStop are have made this massive or are recruiting unbelievable amounts of people for some sort of NFT metaverse related project brilliant no no like solid official announcement as to what that is but the speculation is obviously rife but yeah <laughs> what they have alluded to in their shareholders documents uh, or their shareholders um I don't know what you call them. Yeah, documents. They have said basically that they are prepared to take GameStop off of the the New York Stock Exchange and out of the DTCC, which is the 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 basically like the company that handles all the clearing of all the trades. And they said they will take it out if they are unable to fulfill some sort of non-cash dividend that they maybe we'll do in the future yeah. <laughs> um, and all the while they're yeah making weird tweets and like there's things going on with loop ring who might be minting said nft dividend and there's just like because if they're about to like a issue an nft dividend it might break the world of finance <laughs> full stop if they're yeah. right about the amount of like sh uh, the amount of shares that are in circulation um but then they might just move the entire company off of like trading on the stock exchange and make it solely on the blockchain and they might they might be tr like potentially moving a company where the shares are traded on a blockchain that's amazing and, and but that's that's the future man it is it is there's actually a company called polymath they actually recently upgraded their network that's a token we've been involved in for quite a long time it got put on coinbase i believe it was and pumped or maybe that was the par token I'm there's that many sometimes and it all sort of blends into one but basically what they're trying to do is tokenize stocks new york stock exchange london stock exchange mm -hmm. and as you say the world is moving that way where you could be sitting you know at two o'clock in the morning on a well saturday maybe sunday night depending on how many drinks you've had you know with your mates and you might go you know what i want to buy some tesla 
and you know there's no restriction on you buying that you don't have to you know create an order for when the market opens you can just go in and buy and sell it and of course fractionalized shares have been massive over the past couple of years trading two on two and not affiliated with them or anything but they have done a fantastic job at doing the fractionalized shares we can go on and buy a small amount of tesla whack it into your isa mm. i think they're doing great 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 things yeah yeah i mean i i still not i i tried to sign up for a, a two, trading two on two account january they're still not accepting new customers are they not no still that's mad they stopped it right around the start of this whole game stock yeah. meme stock thing um and haven't they're still not accepting new customers that's, that's I, which i just find to be completely insane it is like like people are screwed like more and more people than ever screaming to want to be able to open a coin and they won't like they must yeah. be i'd like i don't know what they're preparing for or how many like people tried to sign up in january maybe it was like way too many to handle yeah but um yeah it's a, it's a baffling thing but to go back to um your metaverse um fund first off what currencies do you think will be traded in the metaverse will it just be any crypto or do you think it will be sort of whatever whoever is metaverse you're in will make you use their tokens or like how do you think it's going to work yeah i think like like blockchain the main goals of the metaverse is to be interoperable with each other so you know i i can't take you know a board ape for example and sell it on the the bitcoin blockchain it will get there in the future where every blockchain is interoperable with with each other and just to answer your question in the metaverse if i'm in the central land I can use mana, their native currency. Mm -hmm. I can use the central games, the central ice, Ethereum. There's a couple of other currencies as well you can use. Do they take Lightning Network? No. Okay. No. Any sort of Bitcoin? No. Right. No Bitcoin at all. But I think definitely we're getting there. Where, for example, with Sandbox, you'll be able to go into Sandbox, spend their token, move your in-game items to Decentraland or to Meta. Again, it'll be really interesting to see what Facebook's almost like a dirty word now to use. You know, it's sort of they're wanting you to use meta. But it'll be really interesting to see the angle they take on that. But just to answer your question, I think it will be, you'll be free to use any currency you want. But there could be some limitation to it. For example, if you go to buy a piece of land on the central land, you might only be able to buy it in Ethereum or Mana. But to me, that's extremely unlikely. I think the future's open, decentralized. You'll be able to go in with whatever currency you want except for the, the fiat of course nobody wants to well I suppose people want to get rid of their fiat but you know <laughs> well i mean i had greg voss on the show this week who um just kept screaming well not screaming <laughs> but kept saying very forcefully that it was a ponzi scheme <laughs> yeah. fiat is this yeah. yeah he was like fiat is a ponzi scheme <clears throat> We need to stop. <laughs> yeah, some guy in a back room with a printer that he can just press the button on and just prints as much as he wants. And people like you and I pay more for our houses and our shopping. That's literally what's going on. Yeah. That sounds so stupid. But that's it exactly does. what's fucking happening. Yeah, like it, it does. If, if you said to somebody, you know, it does sound a bit crazy me saying this, but if you were building a world from scratch and you were putting, you know, the economy in, if you said to somebody, we're going to give you a printer in a back room, you can just press the button and print money whenever you want. It'll devalue everybody else's currency, but it'll help pay our debts off. The world debt, you know, who's the world in debt to? People always joke, you know, is it the aliens? You know, sort of thing. But um, it is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. You know, how they're going to wipe off that debt? 
by printing more money, which creates more debt, which creates, you know, I mean, the plan like, that's crazy. <laughs> the plan, right? The plan isn't to, to 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 get rid of the debt. The plan is that we never get rid of the debt. The plan is yeah. that you're meant to. The theory that I understood, at least anyway, behind printing shit tons of money was that you then went and spent it on things that grew the economy. And then that would therefore grow the debt out of significance. So like, say it's at 100% of GDP, right? The debt. And you go, right, well, we're going to take some more. We're going to take another 20% and spend it on like, we're going to make the UK the best public transport infrastructure in the world. You know, like, fuck all these Germans and their amazing transport network. Like, fuck the Japanese and their bullet trains. Like, we're going to make the best thing. Yeah. And they go in and they spend all that money on that. And then by doing that, you're creating shit tons of jobs. You're making loads of, like, new tech. You're pumping loads of money into the economy at the very bottom. And then what's hap- meant to happen is the economy grows, right? And the debt as a percentage of GDP will shrink because... In the, in the post-war period, like all the money we spent on rebuilding the country and starting the welfare state and had, had debt from like, you know, fighting the war, yeah. the, 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 jet, the debt to GDP ratio was 250%, right? That's, that's more than double what it is at the minute, as far as I'm aware. So that just didn't go away by nothing. No. Do you know what I mean? That the economy yeah. grew and the percentage of debt as a, as a size of the economy shrank. That's the theory. But what happens is when you just shut down the economy and print a bunch of money and pretend it's going to be fine without like growing it, there's there's no more things upon which people can spend money and the value of the currency deflates. Yeah. Or sorry, inflates. No way. The price of things inflates and the current the value of the currency deflates. Sorry, confusing myself. Yeah. But yeah, so that's that's basically what happens. Like yeah. that's the theory behind it. Well they can spend the money in the digital world now. You know, they, they can now convert that fiat into Ethereum or mana or whatever they wish and go into the central and buy a bunch of land and buy a bunch of hats and clothes for their characters. And there's, there's even well, the big thing about the metaverse for me, which again does sound a bit out there, but I believe this is the way we're moving. It is almost creating a new world, if you like. You know, there's going to be opportunities that people only had back in the 1600s, the 1800s, which they're now going to be presented with. For example, property will be the right word. People have property empires, really. You know, the guys that are going to now and buying 200 plots of land on the central land, I think will be the future Trumps, if you like, that have the hotel, the, you know what I'm trying to say, like that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. thing. And it's even stuff like there, there will be a time and a place where, for example, an architect will be able to get paid more money in the metaverse than, than the outside world. Because some guys willing to pay them X amount of money to design mm-hmm. a museum or design because they can't, you know, it's not that they don't know how to do it, but somebody, you know, if somebody could do something better than you and if you have the money for it, you'll pay them. So if you have an interior designer, an architect, they can go into your land in the metaverse and build a casino, you're going to get them to do it. And they're just based off how, how much of a difference there is with crypto compared to fiat cash they're probably going to be paid at least 5x maybe even more of what they would be paid for working nine to five in an office you know doing stuff on cad yeah <laughs> see this is what scares me though as well this is what peter mccormack was freaking me out about okay He's like what if someone can get a job in the metaverse that pays better than the real world and yeah. then their only existence comes out of the metaverse to sleep 
yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> and I and I would agree with them on that. Like, I think in the future, and I'm talking like 2050, maybe it'll happen sooner because if somebody would have said to me that the likes of Cardano, as an example, would reach three dollars by 2021, I would have been like, no chance, and it'll be like 2025. But but anyway, I th- I think by like 2050, the world you and I are sitting in now will be 99% automated, robots doing everything, delivering your Domino's pizzas, your you know, your taxis will be automated, everything. And there's going to need to be a place where people go to. That will be the metaverse, in my opinion. And you'll only leave the metaverse to sleep, eat, and go to the bathroom. In my opinion, you that's... You get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. In my opinion, that's what's going to happen. And it, it does... It also scares me. And it will be very, very hard for even somebody like me that goes into the metaverse to make that shift. But... The younger generation that's on the iPads from their four-year-old or six-year-old, they'll find it even easier. And then the generation below them will find it just like, you know, just a kid growing up today using the internet. It's just part of their life. The metaverse will become part of the next generation's life where it's just so seamless. Mm -hmm. It's like a phone in, in your hand, in my hand. You know, it's... We're getting the, very, that still disturbs me. Yeah, we're know? getting very disturbing here. Have you ever? I probably mentioned it the last time, but have you ever seen the movie Ready Player One? Yes. Ready Player One. If anybody hasn't watched this, listening, it's listening to this podcast. Definitely watch that one night. It's a good movie for one. Good story to it. But that is what the metaverse is. You know that that is what the metaverse is. The outside world will be worth less than the in-game world because all the values in there. You know, which does again, it does seem. Yeah. I mean, so like know. the thing, the thing that gets me about this is that like I'm not sure how people will feel, and it's not that they won't find it cool to go into the metaverse, right? Yeah, because they totally will. It's like all of the technology that we create at the minute, whether it's social media or like say like Facebook and Twitter, like the equivalent of your social life, like mirrored in the real world, like. Tinder is the equivalent of like your dating life mirrored in the digital world. Yes. And all of these technologies that do this, to me, they're never quite the same as real life. Like if I was to attend um, a music festival, right? In like either virtually, like say, say I wanted to say it's on and they have one of those like 360 cams and I could put like the, the, the Oculus Rift headsets on. Cause like I've seen people doing that for like football matches and stuff, which is okay. uh, like, Brilliant. The, like uh, where like elderly fans can't make it to the game. So Manchester city, I think ran a thing where they were getting some, Very some good. Uh, Never knew that. yeah, which is a cool idea. Like it yeah. lets people who are like elderly and maybe can't make it to the said <clears throat> venue experience something as if they were there. But I'm not sure it's still like as if we were there. No. Because I find that like all of these things are a hollow reflection of the reality of like, they're like a pale imitation of the real world. And therefore, will that just make everyone horrendously depressed? Or do you think it's going to be so real that we won't actually know or care? Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. Like, I think, like obesity and heart disease even now is crazy. Just even here in Northern Ireland, I think it's like one in every two people mm-hmm. or maybe three have like heart disease and I don't know the statistics for diabetes, but it is crazy. Yeah. And that's now with people, you know, coming in after work and spending time looking at TV all day or even myself, like yourself, um, 
I can't speak for you, but I, I would spend like 10 hours a day on a laptop, you know, desktop, which is crazy when you think about it. But the world is moving that way and it's going to get, the world is going to become more unhealthy mm-hmm. on the surface. You know, as you say, depression, like, you know, if you're not getting out with your mate because you're meeting them in a virtual pub and, you know, in Decentraland, for an example, but that's not really the goal of Decentraland to, or, or any metaverse to make people just go in completely mm. i still think it'll lead that way the goal of social media wasn't to make people wholly addicted to scrolling through facebook four hours a day but it happens wasn't it well yeah <laughs> in the public's eye i should have rephrased that in the public eye facebook's goal or sorry meta or past tense we're kind of called facebook mm. their, their goal was obviously not in the public we're gonna indoctrinate everybody we're gonna <laughs> you know make everybody hooked yeah. but in reality it is in the background and the metaverse to me, there's, there's no bad intention with it on the side of Sandbox and Decentraland, mm. but there's always hidden agenda with the private companies such as Facebook, mm. which, again, there I've said the dirty word again, I'll have yeah. to say meta. No, call them Facebook. Don't let them get away with their, <laughs> their, their bullshit rebrand, you know? It's no. Because like, even like when I say, oh, well, meta have done this, even in my head, even though I know <laughs> it's still Mark Zuckerberg and yeah. Facebook, right? Even though I know that, I yeah. still can't, like, it doesn't, it doesn't elicit the same, like, anger and hatred of that company in me as yes. it should, because they are fucked up as a company. Yeah. And um, Mark Zuckerberg is a very strange, and I, I hate watching him plead dumb in front of the senators. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's the smartest fucking one in that room. Yeah. Like, there's no way he's too stupid to answer any of their questions. No, he's like, a I don't genius. <laughs> and I seen, funny enough, it was... Maybe just shortly after the announcement was made for Meta, I got, you know, as, as we all do, you get updates on your phone. And I went into Instagram and it said at the bottom, something by Meta, mm-hmm. where before it would have said Facebook. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they're really pushing this. But I, I think it's a genius move from a business perspective. And even for where the world's going, like everything's going to Web3, where you own your stuff, you can take it from, you know, you buy a, a gun in Call of Duty. You can take it into Fortnite, you can take it into Battlefield, you can do whatever you want with it. It's the open, the open economy, if you like, but the world just isn't ready for that right how now. Do you, how do you see that sort of thing? Like, So this is another thing that's confused me about the metaverse. It's like, because uh, where we're going with all, like, all of this technology, right? And it, it's, it's, it's highlighted in, in, in the way that we've talked about, like the contrast between central bank digital currencies and like the openness and sort of like freedom of uh, like the metaverse and, and different cryptocurrencies allowing like there's so much possibility. Do you know yeah. what I mean? We're like, we're talking like simultaneously about the possibility for like excessive control and unbelievable freedom at the same time. And then when we think about things like the metaverse, where you talk about, okay, so you could buy a gun in Call of Duty and take it to Fortnite. It's like, what if Fortnite doesn't have that gun? Yeah. Do you know, like, and, yeah, no, and I get, mean, I get yeah. the feeling that, like, we, we have to, I just, I don't, I don't see how companies become selfless in allowing their things to be used in other, other ways. Like, like, look at the fight we have about, like, charging ports, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a bunch of different companies, like, trying to agree. And eventually we had to get the EU to step in and say, this is how it's going to be. This is the central one. But then we're back to the whole, like, needing an overarching huge structure to tell us what to do. You know, like, how do you see this all playing out? 
But uh, yeah, yes, like where I see the whole world going with that is, is it does run parallel alongside, as you say, you've got it, you've got in one pool of you like freedom, and in the other pool you've got complete control. But I think the world's like that right now. You know, people believe that they have this freedom, but they are controlled, and it's only going to get worse if you like. It it, it is only going to get more controlled over time with central bank digital currencies coming in. Like, you know, as we discussed, we'll be able to track every single transaction. You know, Josh sent Johnny, you know, a penny, you know, sort of thing. Like, what was that for? They can track it because there's no cash in hand. But the, the thing with the metaverse as well, and, and even just NFTs in general, it's about owning your own property. So, for example, I own a bunch of NFTs that I bought off OpenSea. I've bought other ones on NBA Top Shot. Currently, right now, I can't take them. We'll just look at the NBA top shots. I can't take them and sell them on any other blockchain except for through the marketplace on Flow through NBA top shots. So extremely centralized. But I believe in the future, not too far off, a year or two, maybe five, I'll be able to take them moments and sell them on, for example, let's just say Cardano. The same with OpenSea. I'll be able to buy an NFT on OpenSea with Ethereum. And then sell it if I want to on SoulSea, which is basically the Solana version of OpenSea, you know, part of the name. But that's the world we're going to move into. And companies actually love that. And the reason for that is, if I buy a Spider-Man poster, big fan of Spider-Man. I know the last time I was here, I called Spider-Man DC. I made sure to correct myself, it's Marvel, so don't get slated. <laughs> you know, but if I buy a Spider-Man poster official from marvel and sell to you marvel isn't getting a cut of that mm. there's this app for example called vivi they bought up a bunch of the licenses for marvel disney you know the star wars simpsons all that sort of stuff which comes under the umbrella of disney and so if i buy an nft on that platform sell it to you you sell it to 100 other people over the the next year or whatever because it's it's very very sought after disney is getting let's just say 7.5% of every single transaction, the whole way along for them 100 people, plus you and I originally, you know, me selling it to you. And so that's why businesses will love giving the intellectual property to us because they can get a cut now. But I completely get your point. You know, if I was Call of Duty and I have a, let's just think, um, Call of Duty Zombies is probably one of the most famous things for Call of Duty when they brought out the World of War game. Mm -hmm. So if... How many days did you lose to that? Like Too many. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe 30 days playtime on World of War or something. Or I think it was Modern Warfare 2. You could count it and mine was like 30 odd days, but it's crazy. I'm sure you were the same with it. Yeah, fun times. Mm, I was caught, I had caught, I never, I never really got into Modern Warfare 2. No. For me, it was Call of Duty 4 and then... Um, Classic then game, yeah. yeah world at war and then that, i never i never like i had we had modern warfare 2 but i don't know cod 4 that was the the peak for me of gaming yeah <laughs> cod 4 was a classic game you yeah. know and even blockchain games that are coming out now they're they're very they remind me of me playing the playstation 1 games spider-man men in black <laughs> ps2 simpsons hit and run they're very sort of clunky right now james bond goldfinger or yeah. golden eye sorry golden eye golden eye yeah. <laughs> i always heard of that game but i never had the pleasure of playing it you know i'll have to maybe get it off ebay or something you know oh man definitely that or or, or 007 nightfire that was the absolute yeah. pinnacle 
like it was amazing because you had so many amazing maps where you could play multiplayer on but uh, um, blockchain yeah. gaming is amazing like just for example going back to the how many days did you lose in call of duty what you said and it probably would have been around 30 for me in modern warfare 2 like over a year or two because they actually had a timer on it you could you could check as well on the leaderboards it was almost like a clout thing to say you've, <laughs> you've played it an extra day or two than your mate and you're a higher level or lower level you know at less game gameplay time but with Axie Infinity, for example, there's guys out in the Philippines that are making more money playing Axie Infinity for four hours a day. They then convert that a AXS, Axie Infinity shards, into their local currency, or dollar and then their local currency, and they make more money than going to work in an office nine to five, and they're playing a video game. So what are they doing? So right, there's a blockchain game. Called Axie Infinity. Axie Infinity. So they're playing it getting rewards or something for play or like is it uh rewards for playing it or are they or is it like re like they they win prizes within the game by being good at it so it's a play to earn model so j just what you said there it's a, it's a two-tiered structure there's actually guys out there there's there's a guy I'll, I'll put you on to who runs a company called crypto crack cowboys brilliant that sounds name. amazing brilliant name G great guy I'll put, I'll put you on to him. His name just suddenly escapes me. Aiden, is, I forget his second name, but I'll get, I'll get him on to, I'll get him your details. Yeah. And he's actually built a company where he is an esports manager for these guys out in the Philippines and, you know, the countries that are developing, these guys that don't have access mm. to a thousand dollars to start their Axie account, mm. he would fund them and then take a very small percentage, which is genius absolutely genius giving these guys access you know, don't worry about going work in a local cafe or local office nine to five you can play a game four hours a day from your laptop make more money and sit in the comfort of your own home playing a video game if somebody would have said to you and i when we were playing call of duty you're playing this but also you're getting paid in money to play it you and i would probably still be sitting in our bedrooms <laughs> you know probably long hair big beard having left when we're about 13 our mums are passing in the dinners, the bottom of the door, going, your dinner's ready, you know, sort of thing. But, but basically, like, that is, see, even with the metaverse, with Web3, you know, people think it's crazy that there's, like, for example, my, my granny would think it's crazy that somebody can work out of a laptop and make money. For us, it's going to be a big shift. Even with the gaming thing, for me, I'm still trying to sort of... I understand it, but to me, it's just... It's amazing. Crazy is the wrong word to use. It's it's amazing that people can make more money playing a video game for four hours a day than they can working nine to five, doing something that they're just doing to pay bills, mm. which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, all the... All the uh, I can already hear what parents would say about this. Yeah. They'd be like, that's not a real job. And it's like, well, yeah. you know... You lot broke the economy yeah. and got rid of all the real jobs. Yeah. So, like, we'll do what we want. <laughs> yeah, it's a sort of thing as well. Like, there's, there was a guy, wasn't that he was, like, too young to claim the the prize for the Fortnite tournament. I, I think he won, like, 100 grand or something. I can't remember what it was, but he was too young to claim it. And he's earning that sort of money. Like, I know if I had a kid and he was in the game and I would... I would just let him free reign, you know, if you want to be a gamer, explore it. But I think that's a generation you and I have came from where I know my parents, like they were like, you know, get off the PlayStation, you know, do your homework. That's more important. But people like you and I see the opportunities because they, they never had the opportunity. Like my parents, for example, they just, 
never understood the internet. You know, it, it wasn't relevant to them mm. with their jobs. And, yeah. you know, with what we're doing, it's so important for us to learn these things, blockchain. So if we did ever have younger cousins or, or kids, you'd say to them, you know, if you want to be a gamer, be a gamer. You know, your auntie might hit you a slap around the back of the head, but, mm. you know, you push them forward. If they, if you were smart, you'd be telling them to like mint their own meme coins. Yeah, and just like like think of the most like ridiculous meme coin, and eventually the internet will pick it up. Yeah, it's madness. the The meme coins have just went crazy. Even it, it is a. I thought the market was was bad. If you like, when I was last on here, like like, and I mean bad with just like how how saturated it is with meme coins. But now there's one popping up like every day, like. The amount of emails I get saying, what do you think of this coin that's come out like last week? There was one I got not too long ago called Rugmuncher. 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 And, and, and the purpose of the protocol, it actually has a really good use case. Really? Um, like what the use case of it is. And again, I don't understand the tech because it was just, it's far too small to be on my radar right now for an investment. But the gist of it is to protect people from rug pulls, which is, you know, Rugmuncher. It's, it's <laughs> taking away the effect of that. But it it is so early the meme coins and I think many of them like Doge, Shib, many other ones which I'll not name for now, will be blue chip ones that will live alongside these bitcoins and Ethereum's and you know it's it's a real real exciting space. Mm, I mean I'm not convinced about Shib. It seems like no. It seems like it's pure memory and it seems like it was used for a serious pump and dump. Not that I don't think Doge was. Um. But, you know, there's only one cryptocurrency that's actually going to the moon. Yeah, Doge. <laughs> like, yeah. Thank you, Elon Musk. <laughs> Shib for me, like I would have never considered even a few months ago, but I did do like a deep dive into what they're up to. And with Shib Swap, to me, I personally wouldn't use it. I couldn't see, you know, the guys in the suits with the grey hair, the investment bankers using it. But like the, the, the people like you and I that are, you know, you know, we're the generation coming up. Mm. You know, will we use it in the future? I don't have an answer for that. Personally, we can use it now. We'd use like a Uniswap or something, but it's the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see where that goes. Um, so what, so yeah, you we, we got a little derailed. Yeah. So we were talking about the tokens that you guys are going to invest in for the metaverse. Like, well, what are you, yeah, what are you looking at investing in? Yeah, so it's a lot of the ones I already currently invest in have been investing in for the past few years. You've got the likes of Mana, Decentraland, Sand, Sandbox. Star Atlas is a great one as well. That's built on the Solana blockchain. And it really is going for them blue chip NFT metaverse tokens, but also a few thrown in there that I believe will provide tremendous value in the future. It's got the right research, it's got the right backing, but there's no traction yet. Star Atlas would be a fantastic example of that a few months ago. Star Atlas came out via an IDO, which is just basically a repackaged ICO. <clears throat> and so Star Atlas for us was a no-brainer. You know, it was built on Solana, great team, great idea. It has a use case because blockchain gaming hasn't even woken up yet. You have Axie that's come out, but that's what about is, it. What is Star Atlas? Is it a coin? Yes. Okay. Yes. So Star Atlas is the in-game currency for Atlas. So this is a this is a game built on Solana. I haven't actually went into it myself. I know I've registered for one of the factions. There's three factions in the game. 
I haven't really deep dived into to it itself. Again, I'm more of an investor than a, you know, I would go in and try the technology out. But for me, it's more from an investor standpoint. There's a lot of momentum right now with the metaverse, with gaming, NFTs. And it's it's sort of like the momentum in, of Bitcoin in 2015, 2016. People are talking about it. Oh, this is coming up. Mm. I think in five or 10 years, the likes of, a, you know, Sandbox, Mana, Atlas, if Atlas hits the traction that Mana and Sandbox have been so successful at getting, it'll be worth a, it'll be worth a small fortune, even a, a very small investment now. But of course, that's only in the base of probabilities. You never really, you can only do your research, you know. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, check out what you're investing in, people. Yeah. I think it's the, the best thing we could say here. So It is, it is. So I'm curious as to, like, so we've talked about Decentraland as, like, a one of the metaverses and we talked about meta and facebook's um sort of venture into that like is there other ones that you're looking at is there other like or is there other metaverses that you're looking at yeah there's one called matrix which of course almost has the perfect name you know there's one there there was actually a land sale on it back in that doesn't help my fear that we're building the matrix yeah yeah it doesn't (laughs) help at all yeah maybe should have kept that one quiet you know yep yeah but yeah it seems like a fantastic project again it is very very early there's one out there as well the name of it just escapes me the name of it just escapes me but you just buy property on it there's no actual world that you can walk about in why would you buy property in the world you can't walk about in so it will eventually gravitate towards that It, it is just so early but for example i could hover over my house and decide to buy the land there but I don't really like them sort of metaverses. Like I prefer the ones like I've actually stayed away from them ones as of yet. Of course, my my mind could change in the future. But with the Central Land Sandbox Star Atlas, it's it's land in a virtual world. It's not, you know, here's here's where Josh lives. I want to buy Josh's land because I just don't know how that would work. I just don't think it would be too attractive. Is a better way for me to word that. It's attractive for me, for example, to. You know, if we, you know, if we raise money to buy 100 parcels in the central land and build a casino, for example, or rent the land out, to me, that's attractive for everybody in it. In the world, it's attractive because they can go and use it. But if I buy the land that is essentially over your house, Josh, <laughs> it's sort of a bit like, I don't know, it's just a bit weird in a <laughs> sense. You know, I'd, I'd rather put the money into the virtual world, mm. you know, or the, the other metaverses, I should say. So like the the when when you're in the better verses and you're say you do what you said right so say you get like you've got a hundred plots of land in Decentraland right like first of all is Decentraland finite I guess it has to be finite but like is it fixed like say you get like ten million people who all want to buy property in it do they expand like is there when when you have like um. Say you have like a an apartment block or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Or you have a building. Like is do you see the physical building like with the right dimensions and proportions? Or is it like a place where you can go in and it could be like the TARDIS and you know, you've bought a phone box, but you go in and it's fucking huge. Yes. Like, how how do the physics of this world even work? Yes, so there's only 90,000 parcels of land, and that's it. And just to answer your question on, you know, how does it work, you know, the physics of it, 
like right now the, the game is leaps and bounds miles ahead of when i last went into it for or not last went into it say i went into it a year ago it's far further ahead it looks so clean so professional it used to be quite blocky mm, yeah sometimes... that's what that's what i like that's the stuff i'd seen of it yeah, yeah but i guess that was maybe primitive stuff but... and sometimes the blocky stuff sells some people actually like that you know the aspect of the character being a lot different than traditional human if you like you know the way mm. they're, they're structured but with the buildings if i'm a certain distance away i'm not too sure on that distance but the building won't load until i go so close to it and then it will start to load in front of me to see but again it is getting a lot cleaner a lot better every day quicker with the updates of course and just as an example it was on saturday i was in the casino just at a free tournament they allow you to gamble with free money which of course is great to win prizes and there was two guys beside me having a conversation and because their mics were on, I could overhear their conversation, which to me is a bit insane because if you were in a regular casino and there was a guy at another table, you'd still be able to hear it. You know you know what I mean? But it also, you know, I've, I've, I've probably talked to a few people in it very, very close, you know, not like like, like mm-hmm. that, but there was a guy on it once that brought me to see his, his, his land in it. Well, there wasn't anything on it. He just wanted me to, to see his land, but it is... Like, like, I think we'll be doing this podcast in the metaverse in five years. So you're telling me I shouldn't build a studio because we'd just make a virtual one? Yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, even the podcast I was in this morning, like, I said to that guy, like, if you, because his podcast is specifically crypto, if he was to buy a piece of land in the central land, he can have it. So, say he buys another plot of land beside it and puts a board on it that says podcast is every you know, 10 p.m. UK time, whatever that is, you know, everywhere else around the world. People go, you know, what's this about? He has it on. We're going to talk about the future of the metaverse. People are like, oh, I'm in the metaverse. I'd like to learn more. As soon as they set foot on his land, the podcast start playing. Boom. Straight away. Instant. We could be doing this live in the central land. And as soon as somebody walks onto your land, boom. Instant. They're part of this conversation. Which to me is amazing. I love that. We could have viewing parties so we could screen it in Decentraland yeah. without needing to actually be in the virtual. Not that it wouldn't be cool, right, yeah. to do an episode in the metaverse because that would be fucking cool. Yeah, man. it would be. Um, but I like, I you know, I can't. I can't sit there with my guest and, you know, because the plan is in the future to, to be to have um, a nice drinks cabinet, some beer on tap, cigars, joints, whatever people want in the studio. Because yes. I want to make it like a place where people can come and relax and, you know, fucking chill talk yeah. and chill out. Um, so I think I'd still prefer the real world for conversations. And just on that, when I, I was... I don't know how many months ago it was, but again, I was at the casino. Again, I don't gamble with real money. I just use the free money just as a disclaimer. Well, you know, as a crypto investor, yeah, you know, that's, that's just yeah, gambling. Yeah, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like when I was in the casino that night, there was a DJ playing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go and check this out. Like, does he have a character? Like, what way does it work? And it was literally a screen. And he's doing his DJ set. And you can watch it. And I, I clicked on it and was able to click through. It sent me to his Instagram, which was his go-to page he wanted to promote. I sent him a follow request and sent him a message and says, I'm listening to your to your set in the central line. Can you shout my name out? And he did. He shouted it out. No way. And it was amazing. 
it was amazing. I actually forget his name, but I still follow him on Instagram. I'll have to get it for you after. But basically what I'm trying to say is you could, for example, either own or rent a piece of land, get your podcast on there. And like the guy's podcast this morning, specifically on crypto, that would, to me, people would go to that, like selling hot cakes, they'd be all over it. You know, if he's talking about, I don't know, our weekly review on what happened in the market this week, you're going to get so many people dipping into that. That's something we'll be exploring in the future, doing that, running these events in Decentraland, because it's a it's a market. The beautiful thing about it is it's an untapped market completely. Nobody else has access to it, unless you're the 1%, 1% of 1% switched on to this thing. Right. So How do we do this? Like, can we say that the next time that we have a conversation, we're going to try and do it in Decentraland? Yeah, yeah, there's there's means and ways we could get it set up. You know, we could get it set up. Because I'm very excited to try this idea. It sounds yeah. fascinating. You let me know for the next one and I'll I'll get it set up. You like, know, how, like, how would it work? So, like, so we, so say we want to do it in Decentraland, like, can we, like, do you have a spot? How do we rent one? Like, how does that work? How do you, like... How do you go, how do you go about renting a digital room? <laughs> yes, so there, there's actually there's actually firms out there. I can't remember the name of the firm, but there's one called Proppy, which is doing digital real estate. Or sorry, not digital real estate, real world real estate, selling that on the blockchain. They sold the first one in Germany, I believe, back in in May of this year. I thought it was in. Stay with that. Keep talking. I'm or maybe it was, diff- it was maybe it was over the summer or something, but it was definitely recently anyway. But with that, there is companies out there that you can go to and you can rent virtual land. So, for example, that they're basically a digital real estate broker, give or take. Right. You know, which is really, really crazy because, you, you know, where we are in Belfast, you know, some, like if you walk up the Lisburn Road, for example, you'd probably need about 50 hands to count the amount of real estate guys there are on that road, yeah. selling houses and insurance companies and all this stuff. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, but there's means and ways. You know, we, we could have our next, next conversation in the metaverse, which would be pretty cool. You know, be very cool. Pretty cool. Get your own podcast studio set up. M- museums will be massive in the metaverse. So, for example, I can go to, oh, there we go. Where is it up there? Back in July, actually. Hang on. I was a bit ahead. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me get that up on the. Uh the podcast here so there we go what was matthew wrote that as well bro? yeah it was shout out to matthew yeah shout out to matthew um and yeah. this is like i love the fact that i can bring this is up on the gist uh yeah. uk so yeah so it was in it was in kiev ukraine okay oh, um, 27 hour bidding war that's pretty wild yeah there we go where's probably in glare yeah brilliant well there you go so that's that's the answer to that question um so yeah. it was in yeah in kiev um but the uh the point remains, yeah, let's let's legit, let's set this up. I, I, I really want to make that happen. That would be such a cool, even as just like a fun little experiment. Yeah, you could say you've done it. Even, yeah. you know, it's something you could say that you're like, I've done a podcast in the metaverse and people are like, what? You know, yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah we actually did, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So we can, so we can like rent a digital room and then how would it work? Broadcasting. I'm sure we could figure out some way yeah, to stream it. Yeah, it would completely well. be doable. Like just as an example, like if so we, you, we'd have to, we have to make characters. You could, you could make characters. I've been to events, for example, where they've put a stage on the land, and the two guys or the three guys or whatever the characters go onto the stage, and they'll just talk. 
people will listen, they'll stand there and listen, or have been the other ones, like the DJ one, for example, where it's a screen. Mm. But there's definitely a way to do it. Like like museums, for example, if I go into a museum on the central land, I can simply click on the piece of art in the wall. It goes, you know, do you really want to go off to central land and visit this external link? All the stuff we're used to, mm. you do it. And you can buy that NFT off OpenSea. So if you're like an NFT collector with, let's say, $10 million worth of NFTs, you know, buy a couple of pieces of land and stick it beside the casino district, the people with the money in their gambling, their their massive money. Because there is some guys, I think the leaderboard in the central land is it's big money. Like it's it's millions of, of die, which is digital dollar, basically. Mm. You know, a stable coin, not a digital dollar, shouldn't say that, but <laughs> a stable coin. Mm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, and the Federal man. Reserve would be on to me. Uh, <laughs> Calling it a digital dollar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I mean, the Fed have got their own problems at the minute. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the least of their worries. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, they better start that money printer up again. I know. Part of me wants them to do it for the inflation so that Bitcoin continues to go up. <laughs> yeah, and I think Bitcoin, like even Plan B's model, it is scurrily accurate, just how crazy that is. Like, I think it's 100 and, is it 100k or something like that by Christmas? Mm -hmm. That's lots of their, that, that was their prediction. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if it hits it. I think definitely, I know the last time I was bringing it up, like I am a long-term investor. Mm. Like I don't really plan to take any of my long-term holdings out for till I'm 30, which is seven years from now. But with with the likes of Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin will hit a million way before then per Bitcoin. The likes of Ethereum. Ethereum has a lot of competition at the moment. But it's it's healthy competition, you know, it's not something that Ethereum holders like myself are scared of. There's Solana, Cardano, Polkadot, which I invest in all of them. I think competition is healthy, especially if you're an investor. Hmm. You know, it's different if you're all in. Yeah. But you shouldn't be all in. You should never be one hundred percent in Ethereum because you're just over leveraging yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean you should never be, yeah. Except on GME. That's the only thing to go all in on yeah. GameStop people. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> Even I'm not all in on yeah. that. I have Bitcoin and other cryptos. Um, but Just out of curiosity, what would your position size be on GME GameStop? for the portfolio? Percentage-wise? Uh, it's about 40%. 40%. Something like that. Maybe more. Yeah, that's good though because you're confident in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, even, right, even if the crazy thing doesn't play out, like long term, that company is gonna be fucking sweet. Like yeah. The guy who they brought, who's chairman of the board, who they brought in last year, who well didn't even bring him in. He he bought like massive amounts of the company and then sort of like has slowly like taken over um, and put his own people in in positions. Like they've they've got rid of all the debt of the company. They're sitting on okay. well, probably not anymore because they've spent some of it because they've been hiring people. But they were sitting on one point seven billion dollars to invest. Yeah. You've just got the brand new consoles have come out. Game the gaming industry continues to grow. They still own all like nearly all their locations. Um and they they've just yeah, they're doing this thing with the metaverse stuff and they're hiring like laundry lists of <laughs> massive, like huge scalps of people in the tech world, like innumerable um ex Google and Amazon executives and, and like people in charge of like fulfillment and they're like they have they are revolutionizing that company and 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 yeah. Which is why I don't consider it a meme stock. Not yeah. like any of the other ridiculous ones. No. Um. <laughs> and Mr. Beast as well helped you out. 
think it was, I don't know how long ago it was, but I'm more than sure I seen he uploaded a video saying buying buying the whole GMEs. He went into GameStop and bought like five stores worth of stuff or something. Um, I know he recently done that video on Squid Games, which has just went crazy on the internet. Like that was, I watched the whole video. It was unbelievable. But there's so much power behind. I, I sort of refer to them as like community-driven tokens, community-driven stocks, if you mm. like. They're not traditional investment vehicles, if you like, but like right now, no. but in the future, I think that definitely will be. Like I think GME, Doge, SHIB are here to stay as much as... Yeah, things that are driven by the communities that like yeah. them. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah. So wrapping up, we want predictions. Okay. Uh, what's, <laughs> what's coming for... Yep. Yeah, well, what should be people people be looking at? Like, so we got your fund coming in January, um, which is awesome. Like, I'm very, very, very excited for you guys for that. Thanks. Um, congratulations on getting yeah. approved. Thanks. Uh, so apart from that, like, what do, should people be looking for in the the crypto space in the next year? Like, predictions for 2022. Yeah, I think with with China planning to go live with their CBDCs in February of next year. I don't think there's any gonna there's no slowing down in the space in my opinion. Of course this is just in the basis of probabilities. As we know with crypto, you can go to bed one night, wake up the next night and it's down thirty percent. But there, there's just too much not too much. There's there's never enough, but there, there's a lot of smart money in it right now. Twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen it was a lot of retail players, which I'm a retail player. But the the guys that are institutions that are putting in the big money even them now, when people say institutions are in the market, it's really strong. That's sort of like a double-edged sword because it is true institutions are now getting in, but it's such a small fraction of institutions and they're allocating such a small amount. So what I think people should keep an eye out for is the blue chips. For now, I would stick to the blue chips, the likes of Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, XRP, Polkadot, the ones that are, are more solidified in the space because... There's a lot of tokens out there that haven't haven't weathered the storm mm. of a bear market. A bear market mightn't come. For for all we know, crypto could act like the stock market. There's too much money in it now. And it could pump until 2030 and just go crazy. Of course, we'd prefer that. That would be very, very good. No, I want one more opportunity to oh, buy the dip. Oh, one more opportunity, <laughs> yeah. Well, suppose I wouldn't pass that one up either. You know, if Bitcoin hits below 30K, I'll be swooping in with quite a bit, you know. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like for people to keep an eye out, it's just sit back and watch the space. But if you're interested in getting into crypto, just stick like £10 on Coinbase or something just to dip your toe in the water or £10 into our DeFi fund, mm. you know. But that's a bit, that, that's sort of the stage after. Because you need to have a bit of expertise with that to get access to it because you have to send a stable coin or Ethereum. But in relation to our Swiss ETI product, anybody could invest in that. Somebody with no with no yeah. experience in crypto could log into their online bank and invest as little as €100, Euro, which of course is a lot more accessible than the 1000 staple. Or as you and I know, you know, sometimes you go to these funds and... You know, you have to be high net worth individual. You have to put in at least 100K, 50K sometimes. And to the average person, that's just not, they're not going to get into crypto no. through that vehicle. We're, we're providing the opportunity for it. So it's exciting. You know, I love it. Yeah. Exciting times for the space. Um, yeah. yeah. Links for everything will be in the description below. 
Brilliant. But yeah, Johnny, thanks very much, man. Brilliant, Josh. Pleasure. Thanks Great very much. Real pleasure. Thanks again. Thanks for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. If you want to leave us a comment, that would be awesome. Please like, share, subscribe. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a review. Until next time, thanks for listening.